G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as you may know, the federal parliamentary year is now underway after parliamentarians met this morning for an ecumenical church service at St. Christopher's Cathedral in the ACT. The ecumenical service is held each year. It's an opportunity for our national leaders to remember the privileges and responsibilities they bear before God and to ask for his blessings on our nation. Both the Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition read Bible readings during the service. But the service started with a singing of the National Anthem. So let's have a listen in. Anthem at this morning's ecumenical service as our federal parliament resumes this morning. Both the Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition read from the Bible. The Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, read from the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah. The Old Testament reading is from Jeremiah 29, verses 11 to 14. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me, if you seek me with all your heart. 
I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. After the Prime Minister read from the Old Testament, the leader of the opposition, Anthony Albanese, read from the New Testament book of Romans. A reading from Romans chapter 15, verses 1 to 7. We who are strong ought to put up with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us must please our neighbour for the good purpose of building up the neighbour. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. The leader of the opposition reading the Bible from Romans 15 verses 1 through 7 at this morning's ecumenical service for the start of the parliamentary year. The sermon this morning was delivered by Pastor Gabor Sabo from the Canberra Queanbeyan Lutheran Parish. Let's listen into his message for Australia's parliamentarians. My dear friends in Christ, as the old saying goes, May you live in interesting times. We certainly do live in interesting times. And if we did not know the real meaning of this expression, we might think that it was a blessing or a warm wish. But in fact, it is quite the opposite. It means chaos, disorder and trouble in life. I'm sure we all want to cry out and say that we don't want to live in interesting times. We never asked for it. Wherever we look, everything seems to be in turmoil. The world has fallen into chaos due not only to the coronavirus pandemic, which we have now been struggling with for over a year, but also last summer's catastrophic bushfires when thick smoke and ash covered swathes of the country and most of Canberra and in which many people lost their lives, homes and livelihoods. We also find ourselves in the midst of unprecedented economic and political upheaval all over the world. Tectonic events are unfolding. As a result, we have lost our sense of security. The world, as we know, it is going through a fundamental change, a change which we had never thought we could experience in our lifetime. Our world is in the process of deconstruction. We live in uncertainty and fear. Fear is a basic human experience. 
From the moment of birth, this feeling follows us virtually to the very end. Watching the news, reading the newspapers, we are overwhelmed by news that make us inhibited and confused. People are torn apart mentally and physically, and peaceful life seems to be a distant memory. So, who can we address or blame for the situation in which we find ourselves? The first question that comes to mind is, where is God in all this? This question is being asked by millions of people every day as they struggle with life, when tragedy strikes and when chaos and darkness overwhelm them. Where is God when we need him most? In the Gospel this morning, Jesus' disciples were struggling with the same question on the Sea of Galilee. In spite of Jesus' presence on the boat, while, strangely enough, he was asleep in the middle of the storm, fear takes hold on them. At that time, and even today, his disciples cannot help but perceive this sleep as a sign of his laden fatigue and his apparent indifference to their plight. The early church fathers saw in this gospel story a picture of the destiny of the church and the faithful in it. However, it is not only the church that is God's creation, but the whole of the universe, including this planet we call our home. My dear friends, we often struggle to resist the feeling that we are in danger. A storm rages inside and outside of all of us, and we, that is humanity, are excited about such inopportune calm. How can one put a pillow comfortably under one's head and sleep when our world is about to be shipwrecked? Indeed, we have every reason to be nervous and excited. The disciples in the gospel, at least, had Jesus on the boat with them. But what about us? The storm of history is ever on the increase. Now we cannot wake the master because he seemingly is not on the boat. Unlike in the gospel, his place is empty. And since we can no longer reproach the master for sleeping, we blame the ship or its cargo or the passengers themselves that the storm plays so malevolently with them. Perhaps if they had taken a different course, if they had made a better strategic decision, they would have had a better trip and been able to carefully steer clear of the storm of history. It is true, many miscalculate the course, even fall asleep, make wrong decisions in the heat of the moment, because it affects each of us on the ship. We all need to be woken from our complacency and slackness of heart. 
However, when storm strikes, the easiest thing to do is to blame God for it. Why couldn't he warn us that the storm was coming? Why does he sleep instead of coming to our rescue? My dear friends, we must admit that before the storm hit and when the waters were relatively calm, we did not bother to consult him. We went on about our lives. We planned and built our present and future as if he did not exist. While we had everything uh, under control, or at least we thought we had, we did what we thought was the right course of action. And now that we have found ourselves in the middle of the storm on a global scale, we despair. And of course, we try to come up with every possible solution, but there is no guarantee that the storm will stop. Anxiety, indeed, can be a sign of little faith. And we need to understand that the storm belongs to the voyage of the boat through history. Though fragile and most of the time on the verge of sinking, the boat nevertheless travels onward. We need to understand that someone who is much greater than us much greater than the storm and the natural elements, much greater than history itself, is traveling with us on the ship. And when he says, peace, be still, the elements obey him. It is God himself who is the Lord of all and who has made the universe and especially this globe to our measure. Nothing happens without his knowledge. His words of peace are not only for the raging elements, but also for our raging souls. What we are reassured of today is that in the presence of Jesus, we can have peace even in the midst of the wildest storm. He gives peace in our anxiety, in our sorrow, in times of doubt and uncertainty. He brings us the love of God. To us, the people of little faith, Jesus says that the real enemy wants to take our peace away by sowing the seeds of worry for ourselves, our families, our country, and for our future. He gives us his peace in times of turmoil and uncertainty. And for all this, we give thanks. We give thanks for his grace with which he sustains us and our fragile world. My dear friends, how good it would be if all these hardships and challenges could magically be chased away. We are just one month into the new year and are at the beginning of a new parliamentary year. We still feel overwhelmed after a year which was unlike any previous year or decade. Our celebrations, including national celebrations, broke with tradition. So did our friendly gatherings, our family get-togethers. We did our work in changed circumstances, often in isolation. 
high school and university students studied online and set their exams online. Our church services, funerals and weddings were held with the minimum number of people, depriving them to properly celebrate or to say proper goodbye to their loved ones. Never in the history of humanity, at least in the past 2,000 years, have churches closed down, even at times of plagues, wars, and revolutions. This time last year, we could see the clouds of hard times gathering. First, the unprecedented bushfire, the unbearable smoke and dust, and then the COVID-19 pandemic hit us and affected the whole globe in biblical proportions. We have had growing concerns for our loved ones, for ourselves, for friends and colleagues, which have still not let up. Even strong love was unable to keep some of our gravely ill loved ones and friends in this side of life, and who now uh, have gone to their eternal rest in God. We are missing the carefree company of our family and friends. We are yearning to return back to a virus-free life, which we had taken for granted. And now that we have lost it, we begin to understand how precious it was for us. We miss our usual outdoor activities. We miss traveling and proper celebrations in our lives and in the life of the nation. We would like to see smiles and happiness of peoples on people's face and to shake each other's hands and not just bump our elbows together. We would like to see restrictions lifted and to live with less renunciation and pain. We would like to see our families healthy and happy. Authorities, doctors and nurses are struggling with important, life-saving decisions all over the world, even as we speak. How can we give thanks to them? How can we give thanks for the long shifts in hospitals and for long hours spent in labs trying to find the cure? At the beginning of the new year, we usually have some resolution which we endeavor to keep throughout the year. So instead of trying to lose weight and get fitter, why don't we resolve to be grateful and give thanks to God and to each other? Grateful for the lives that were saved, for the moments we shared and helped shoulder each other's burdens. Let us be grateful to the scientists for the research in producing the vaccines, grateful to the teachers who had to adapt to difficult circumstances in order to help the pupils in their care. Let us give thanks to the farmers and workers, the salespeople, the logisticians, the police and the defense force for ensuring the functioning of the country. Let us show our thanks with words of kindness, discipline, concern for others, with acceptance of truth, and may we keep the rules and put ourselves last and not first. Let us have more trust and less doubt. St. Paul writes, but we appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and have charge of you in the Lord and admonish you. Esteem them very highly in love 
because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves, and we urge you, beloved, to admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all of them. Dear friends in Christ, for this we pray for God's blessing and help. May he give us all faith, hope, strength, patience, and healing in body and spirit, and good health this year. Amen. We've been listening into the sermon preached this morning by Pastor Gabor Sabo from the Canberra Queenbean Lutheran Parish. And a special thank you for permission to replay elements of that service this morning from the Parliamentary Christian Fellowship. Do a wonderful job each year coordinating that ecumenical service. You'll be able to watch the entire service when you search for it on YouTube. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.